Today I have with me Jeremy Stiles, the Principal Criminal Practice Solicitor of the Aboriginal Legal Service. Hello Jeremy. Hello. Jeremy, you were the instructing solicitor in a recent Court of Appeal case that relates to the appeal rights of orders under the Crimes Forensic Procedures Act 2000. Yeah, that's right. Uh, this case is Lewis v Sergeant Riley, 2017, New South Wales Court of Appeal 272. The decision in that matter was handed down on the 27th of October 2017, following the hearing on the 7th of September 2017. So Jeremy, before this decision, the orthodox approach to appeals in forensic procedure applications in the local court was to utilise the appeal mechanism within the Crimes Forensic Pre Provisions Act under section 115. Yeah, that the provision in the Act 115 capital A provides an appeal to the Supreme Court of New South Wales uh, in the nature of a sentence appeal. That that appeal is a very narrow appeal and provides an appeal as of right on a question of law, or we'd leave on a mixed question of law and fact under Part Five of the Crime Crimes Appeal and Review Act 2001. And Section 70 of the Local Court Act also provides appeal rights that relate to forensic procedure hearings? Well, that's what the Court of Appeal um, found to be the case and what we had argued in Lewis and Sergeant Riley. Um, forensic procedure hearings are an application brought by police, by an informant to the Local Court of New South Wales. They fit within the definition of applications proceedings in the Local Court Act under Section 44. And within the Local Court Act, there was another appeal provision which provided rights for people who were affected by application orders made by the Local Court. And that provision Section 70 of the Local Court Act 2007. Um, that provision provides to appeals and a right of annulment um, and it's a referred provision. It boosts your appeals straight into appeals under the Crime Appeal and Review Act as if it were a criminal proceeding. So you can make a Section 4 annulment application, you can make an appeal uh, in the nature of a rehearing as if it were a conviction to the District Court or you can appeal to the Supreme Court as a conviction on a question of law, and that's the three subsections, subprovisions in section 71 of the Local Court Act. Right, so the question um, in the case of, of Lewis was whether section 115 capital A of the Crime Crimes Forensic Provisions Act excludes the operation of section 71B of the Local Court Act in relation to applications under the Forensic Procedure Act. That's, that's right and uh, it, some of the argument was somewhat of a rude shock for a criminal defence lawyer who's been hacking around in local courts. <laughs> but the essence of the argument was whether there was a clash of legislative provisions and the entirety of the argument in the Court of Appeal was about statutory interpretation. Um, in the Court of Appeal, we were supported by learned 
Council, Mr Shane Prince from State Chambers and Felicity Graham from Sorrow and Dixon, who generously gave of their time and work to run this matter for us pro bono. Um, and particularly their expertise was focused on um, administrative law and statutory interpretation um, questions in relation to these proceedings. Um, the, the critical finding in Lewis and Riley was that even though there were two provisions, 115 capital A and, seven, and section 70 local court act, that the provision within the Forensic Procedure Act didn't trump or override the right, rights of appeal and annulment created in the Local Court Act. So just because there was an appeal under one act to the Supreme Court and an appeal under another act to the District Court didn't mean that the Supreme Court one was more important on the terms of Section 115A and Section 70 exist, existed and exists alongside that and creates those rights with, on its own terms. Right, so how were these proceedings originally brought on? Well, that's a su somewhat complex question, but an application was brought against the applicants in the Court of Appeal because there were two of them who faced um, applications by police in the local court. When adverse orders fell against them, we considered whether there was a good appeal on a question of law to, the, to a single judge of the Supreme Court under Part 5 of CARA um, and whether, we, whether there was another option available to us. And that's where we had to make a decision between whether there was a good question of law or whether we should try and pursue a rehearing appeal to the, um, to the district court rather than a question of law appeal. We took proceedings in the district court and moved a motion that the district court find it had jurisdiction to hear the appeal. And that motion was heard before any um, substantive proceeding went ahead. There were no questions as to whether there was a good appeal or not a good appeal or whether the discretion of the magistrate should be exercised differently or even indeed whether um, the conditions precedent for the making of a forensic procedure order by the magistrate were made out. It was a simple, a clear and narrow jurisdictional question. Um, and unfortunately, after long argument, um, the district court found that it did not have jurisdiction. Um, so then that decision was brought to the Court of Appeal through this in the supervisory jurisdiction of that court um, so it's a review proceeding in this in the court of appeal and the court of appeal found that the district court had made a jurisdictional error of law because it was essentially about jurisdiction and it wasn't and it was wrong so given this decision um would you expect the number of appeals against 
forensic procedure orders from the local court to increase? Absolutely, absolutely. In the course of this matter and a number of other matters that uh, we at the Aboriginal Legal Service have been involved in, um, we've looked at many of the decisions um, in the Supreme Court in appeals from forensic procedure orders. And even on a thumbnail sketch, it, it appears that there are only three or four of those appeals a year. Those appeals are very constrained because it requires identification of a question of law. And usually that means that what you're looking for is a magistrate making a very bad error of law, applying the wrong test, um, or taking into account facts that they weren't permitted to take into account, or making very, um, very erroneous findings. So those appeals to the Supreme Court are very limited, but an appeal to the District Court in the nature of a conviction is a rehearing on the evidence below, which is a much more broad appeal, and it, it is basically a redetermination of the matter that the magistrate decided. I, I would expect that there would be a much greater number of those appeals um, from contentious forensic procedure orders. As criminal practitioners, it's often the case that forensic procedure applications are very compelling and advice might be given to clients that um, they shouldn't oppose the making of the orders because such opposition was futile, um, but in the ones where there is a hot contest, the District Court Appeal allows the reconsideration of the discretions within the Forensic Procedure Act and all of the different types of forensic procedure applications that can be brought to the local court have within them a discretionary component. So if there is a contested forensic procedure hearing, it is open to someone who's had orders made against them to appeal and re-argue the exercise of the discretion that went against them. So I would expect there to be an increase in um, forensic procedure appeals. I think it could be, you know, scores, perhaps um, as many as 100 a year in the district court. Um, across New South Wales. Although it, we, we did, in the course of it, have a look at the use of, try to have a look at the use of forensic procedure applications and couldn't find any, any clearly um, available evidence about the number of matters which go to hearings. So that would affect the, uh, the number of appeals that might be brought. Um, the, the critical thing in, in all of these um, appeals is that forensic procedures are a serious imposition on the personal liberties of, a, of an individual in the community, whether they be a suspect of a criminal offence, whether they've previous, um, whether they've previously been convicted of, a, of an offence and done some jail time, um, or they meet one of the other classes, including children. Taking DNA, taking samples, taking um, measured photographs, uh, 
is an imposition on someone's personal rights. And what what this discovered appeal, if we can call it that, um, what this discovered appeal does is improve the oversight of decision-making by magistrates and improve the by that the oversight on police as to the applications that they bring and the exercise the exercise of powers under the act so it, appeal mechanisms are important are, are an important right for um, people engaging with the justice system and it's it's our strong view that this is a, a really meaningful and important enlargement of procedural rights for people um, facing an imposition on their personal liberties. So um, it, it's an important, um, if remarkably dry, matter. <laughs> Thank you, Jeremy Stiles, for um, coming in today to record this podcast. Oh, it's my pleasure. Uh, and for further information um, with respect to these um, this type of matter, you can go to our intranet page, the Criminal Law Division intranet page, um, for uh, updates and uh, Jeremy's contact details. Jeremy has agreed um, to take inquiries um, on any technical issues or um, scope of the jurisdiction that relates to this matter. <laughs>